Our nation can't run on pixie dust and hope. Mm, how about coal dust and corruption? Can we run on that? Working on it. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck From in Pacifica the Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK People Powered Radio 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest in China Lake, California. Also up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 FM WLRI. In Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM. In Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP. And let's see, oh, uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR. And Minneapolis, St. Paul's, AM 950 KTNF. We're also heard streaming coast-to-coast and around the globe on the internets. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. Whether you like it or not, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today for another thrilling action-packed adventure that we call The Bradcast. Got some accountability news coming up today. Some accountability news coming up for a change today um, and some other items that have been uh, somewhat lost in the Trump fire hose of madness coming out of D.C. and out of the corporate media of late. So uh, actually a bit of encouraging news here and there for a change. How about that? Go figure. How about that, Desi Doyen? Um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sound too excited. I'd, I'd love to hear, however, from you. Well, hey, listen, no, I'll not take you. whatever I can. Not you, Desi Doyen. I'd love to hear from our listeners today, if possible. Uh, if I have some time here, uh, anything going on out there in the world that is not getting the coverage you feel it deserves right now? If I can get to some calls today, I will. Our phone number is 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. We are live in the uh, lovely KPFK studios here in Los Angeles. Um also coming up later, okay, we will go to Desi Doyen, and uh, the Green News Report will be coming up later with, I think, your theme there, elections have consequences. Yes, they they, they do. Although that is always <laughs> your theme. I think well, that is always our theme, always my theme as yeah, well. Yeah, but this time, this week, it's it's extra, extra consequential. Extra consequential. Uh, although there is a, a little bit of good news, some surprising news out of Maryland in today's Green News Report. Yes. Uh, also, a crazy, I don't think we'll, uh, well, we'll probably get to it later in the week, um, crazy hearings going on today in the U.S. Science Science Committee. I feel like I have to put that in quotes now. 
or the so-called U.S. Science Committee in the <laughs> uh, in the U.S. House, led by Lamar Smith. Of one, Texas. Of te- oh, there you go. Now, see, you're going to start making fun of your own Texas. Yes, yes, I will. <laughs> which I think is the right thing to do. Well done. Uh, of course, Lamar Smith, one of the House's, uh, he's the chairman of the U.S. Science Committee um, and one of the House's top climate change deniers. And that is saying quite a bit. Yes. Frankly. Um, we spent, uh, speaking of, of science and climate denial and all of that, we spent quite a bit of time on yesterday's broadcast with uh, with both our own lovely Desi Doyen of Texas and Mother Jones's climate and energy reporter, Rebecca Lieber, um, as Donald Trump released his own pixie dust and hope executive order that he calls his energy independence executive order to try and gut Obama's climate policies. Um, you can download that show, of course, as ever, at bradblog.com. We spoke about it a lot with both Desi and Rebecca. Um, but, uh, yeah, this this uh, one uh, another point or two I wanted to hit on this because uh, the, the as it's being reported, you know, this is Trump's attempt to undermine climate policies, specifically Obama's climate policies, his regulations, and frankly, his legacy when it comes to his uh, environmental legacy. But the entire performance yesterday was was put forward as a way to to bring coal jobs back, which, as we discussed yesterday, ain't happening, ain't going to happen since the world is now moving on from coal. And not because of some kind of Obama war on coal. I wish we had such a uh, a war on coal, but because but because natural gas is cheaper and cleaner when it comes to uh, to power plants. Coal cannot really compete on the free market, and the coal that is out there is increasingly mined by automation techniques that don't require as much manpower. And oh yeah, then there's the renewable energy revolution in solar and wind. That is resulting in hundreds of thousands of good jobs. And nonetheless, uh, since this is the Fox News administration, essentially a presidential uh, Fox News show in the guise of a president, um, you know, they're pretending that somehow Trump's signature is going to bring back coal mining. It's not. Uh, Here's a, a quick montage of the EPA's Administrator Scott Pruitt, who hates the EPA, Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke, uh, Energy Secretary Rick Perry, who had no idea what the Energy Department did. And finally, Vice President Mike Pence uh, speaking before Trump's announcement and uh, and the signing of his so-called energy independence executive order yesterday at the ironically enough at the Environmental Protection Agency. You know, our nation can't run on pixie dust and hope. And the last eight years showed that. I can tell you the hallmark of a great president is one that takes decisive action. And that's exactly what our president did. The president with his signature on that executive order is going to set in motion government (laughs) reforms designed to continue promoting clean air and water for the American people. Coal jobs are the best jobs. And for some of our communities, coal jobs are the only jobs. This is a great day for energy independence in a growing American economy because the war on coal is over. Oh, thank God. Thank God that war is over. Desi Doyen, coal jobs are the 
best jobs. <laughs> yes. Did you know that? I know. I know. That was uh, he was quoting from a uh, a coal miner in a coal mining community. They don't have any other jobs because all of the efforts in the Congress, especially uh, among in a Republican dominated Republican majority Congress, all of the efforts to put forth economic transition funding for coal country for Appalachia, that's all been voted down by Republicans. And there are many, many more jobs in solar and wind. Oh, than, yeah. It's, uh, I think the latest statistic coal. that I saw based on the Department of Energy is uh, that renewable energy jobs outnumber fossil fuel jobs two to one. Oh, these yeah. Days. At least. And that's not because of regulations. It's because it's cheaper and it continues to fall in price, even now being below coal in the cost of electricity generation. And people like it better. And it was amazing in that uh, entire thing yesterday, Trump did not talk about, uh, did not use the words climate, I don't think at all. Uh, certainly not global warming. Oh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't. I don't think he mentioned solar. He didn't he did mention not. wind. I watched any the whole of that thing. Stuff. He said nothing. None of them said anything. They kept talking about energy independence, but yet they cut out the growing sector of energy independence, which is homegrown wind and solar. Nonetheless, as we discussed yesterday, after seeing that uh, entire fine affair, and frankly, after seeing the, the, the rest of the ways that Trump has tried and failed to do stuff, like his Muslim ban, repealing and replacing the, the dreaded Obamacare, I got to say, I am somewhat less alarmed by what they are trying to do here because they are not very good at it. They are just not good. They don't know what they are doing. They think that the stuff they told them on Fox News is actually true, is actually the way the world works. And they are learning piece by piece, policy by policy, that that is not the case. Um, also, I am a little bit less worried today because, uh, you know, the folks who have been standing up against this administration... Um, and uh, whether it's the public board or the courts, but here in particular, we've got environmentalists and legal experts who suggest overturning these regulations that as Trump is trying to do, these regulations that took years to put in place as based on existing legislation and in some cases court orders uh, going back years, that itself is going to take years and may end up preventing these regulations from being uh, reversed, they may, you know, be stopped by the courts entirely. And by way of just one more example of the, the difficulty that tr the Trump administration is likely to face in rolling back many of these regulations from the Obama era, and by the way, from before the Obama era, from, from the George W. Bush era, frankly. Amanda Marcotte over at Salon uh, writes that the administration's claims about getting the EPA back to its core mission by rolling back regulations, while at the same time again moving forward on energy production in the U.S., is, as Marcotte describes it, a bunch of nonsense. She writes, instead, the executive order is another example of the Trump administration's ignoring basic facts in service of a right-wing ideology rooted mostly in a blind, irrational hatred of Obama. Unfortunately for Trump, she says, undoing cli uh, Obama's climate legacy will require more than a stroke of a pen. As Trump learned... When he uh, when he signed a half-baked order meant to fulfill his Muslim travel ban promise, there were scores of lawyers at the ready for to challenge his efforts. That's even more true when facing down environmental groups, she argues. To make things even harder for Trump, environmental lawyers are backed by a heavy amount of legal precedent. 
that has established that the EPA is required to do its job and that scientific evidence matters when it comes to environmental regulation. Not just not just due to common sense, by the way, but it actually matters in a court of law. All this executive order does, she says, is instruct federal agencies to reconsider existing rules. While there is no doubt that Pruitt would love to, that's Scott Pruitt, the uh, EPA administrator who hates the EPA, while there's no doubt that Pruitt would love to gut rules designed to combat climate change, there are legal restraints on what he can do. And she gives uh, one example here, A, a 1946 law requires courts to, quote, hold unlawful and set aside agency action findings and conclusions that are found to be arbitrary, capricious and an abuse of discretion or otherwise not in accordance with law. Uh, Therefore, she quotes uh, Vera Pardee, a senior uh, counsel at the Center for Biological Diversity's Climate Law Institute, Uh, saying that Pruitt's justifications for rewriting Obama-era rules must be, quote, reasonable, non-arbitrary, non-capricious explanations as to why the reams and reams of scientific material gathered by the EPA under Obama to justify these rules somehow no longer apply. Because the new president says so, that doesn't count. Yeah, that's not good enough. So they're actually going to have to show... That science was wrong, and here's the right science. Or, you know, otherwise give a reason to the courts for making these uh, for making these changes. That's very good. I think that may hold us in good stead. Um, the biggest precedent Marcotte note, notes is the uh, the 2007 Supreme Court decision which determined that the EPA in about 2007, that was during George W. Bush, uh, determined that the EPA is required to regulate greenhouse gas emissions under the Clean Air Act, which defines any pollutant as something that can, quote, reasonably be anticipated to endanger public health or welfare. That case, she notes, was a response to the George W. Bush administration's attempt to wiggle out of its legal duty to regulate greenhouse gas emissions. Remember, Desi Doyen? Oh, yeah. Remember that email that they would not open from the EPA that uh, the endangerment, I guess that was the endangerment finding. Yes, this was back when the Bush administration, EPA, went through a very laborious process that they tried to slow walk and they finally could not uh, not declare that carbon dioxide was warming the planet and that global... They could not not declare They could not not determine that. They could not get away with uh, trying to say that it wasn't happening. They couldn't get away with trying to say it wasn't going to impact human health. So they sent the email saying, okay, yeah, here it is. Here's our endangerment finding that climate change does endanger human health. And the Bush administration didn't open it. They waited until they left. And then the Obama administration, EPA, had to go through the whole process all over again and they finally came to that and, conclusion. And they didn't want to open it because they didn't want to be informed that, yes, right. uh, carbon that was be, a danger. That, that then they would have to take action on it. Right. That would trigger them, requiring right. them to take legal action on it and uh, regulatory action on it. The Supreme Court decision says if the EPA finds that it's an endangerment, then the EPA must regulate. So that's where the law is right now. And uh, Amanda Marcotte goes on to note that uh, Trump's task then is to succeed where Bush failed. She says in 2008, uh, the idea that someone could be worse than Bush at his job 
might have sounded like a high mountain to scale, but Trump has shown in just a few short months in office that it can be done. We will see. Uh, anyway, so there's some uh, just some encouraging news because I have been uh, dreading and fearing and worrying about uh, what what uh, Trump was going to do to the climate policies. And there is a lot that he can do, and he doesn't need to uh, enforce a lot of these things on the books if he doesn't want to. There's a lot of discretion that an executive has. Um, but there's also a lot of power that the people have. And... Um, so I'm feeling a little bit better about that today. You can call and tell me I'm wrong at 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735. All right. I want to get to some accountability news today because, yes, there is still some of that these days. Uh, we've, uh, you know, it's we've got to turn to state officials for much of it. But, yes, there is some actual accountability going on uh, in in. Let's start here in California, where two anti-abortion activists who secretly recorded Planned Parenthood conversations about fetal tissue, they must now each face more than a dozen felony charges out here in California. That's thanks to California's new attorney general. Javier Becerra, who filed 15 counts apiece on Tuesday against David Delighton and Sandra Merritt of the so-called Center of Medical Progress, one of these fake groups that was set up to, you know, videotape uh, people and, and, and try to catch them doing something stupid and deceptively edit it and put it out there. Well, Center for Medical Progress uh, did exactly that, this fake group, and uh, Delighton and Merritt um, have now been, uh, charges have been filed against them, saying that those videos show discussions of fetal tissue were made without the consent of people, of the people in them, in violation of state law. Now, this is exactly Exactly what James O'Keefe and Hannah Giles, if you remember this, because we were the ones who outed, frankly, the fact that uh, that this whole scam, this acorn scam that he was O'Keefe was pulling off uh, was all nonsense. Uh, This is exactly these felony charges that are faced by these anti-abortion activists. It's exactly what O'Keefe and Giles should have faced years ago out here in California when they secretly recorded acorn workers. And deceptively edited the tapes to make it look like the acorn workers were giving illegal advice to a hooker and her pimp. And uh, those workers, those acorn workers, were not doing anything like that. O'Keefe, by the way, never dressed up as the pimp that he later pretended that he had. And O'Keefe ended up having to pay about $100,000 to an acorn worker later on who got fired because of those deceptively edited uh, videotapes. Nonetheless, that fake scandal resulted in the death of acorn which was a national community group which had legally registered millions of low- and middle-income voters to participate in their democracy, among other things. No, there is no evidence that ever, there's no evidence that has ever been brought forward that even one illegal vote, there was no voter fraud thanks to ACORN. Not one illegal vote has ever been cast via any improper ACORN registration, but you would be hard-pressed to find a Republican who knows that. Uh, At the time, uh, back when this happened, back in 2009-2010, O'Keefe was let off the hook by then-California Attorney General, now-Governor Jerry Brown, in exchange for access to the raw video recordings showing that, no, in fact, ACORN did not break any laws, but that O'Keefe and Giles actually did. 
but they were never charged. In any event, uh, their compatriots were the ones who who pulled the same scam now with Planned Parenthood to try and make it look like they were they were selling baby parts, which came up as recently as the uh, as the Republican convention, where you have still have Republicans to this day who believe that par- uh, P- Planned Parenthood is out there selling baby parts. In any event, the new attorney general. Uh, uh, Becerra, a longtime congressional Democrat, he took over the investigation in January after becoming the uh, the AG out here in California. Once Kamala Harris became a U.S. senator, he said in a statement that the state will not tolerate the criminal recording of conversations. California prosecutors say Delighton. Uh, and Merritt filmed 14 people without permission between October 2013 and July 2015 in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and El Dorado counties. One felony count was filed for each person recorded. The 15th was for a criminal conspiracy to invade privacy. Delayden uh, told the uh, AP in an email that the charges were bogus. They're coming from uh, Planned Parenthood's political cronies. And the public knows that the real criminals are Planned Parenthood and their business partners. Um, (laughs) Abortion opponents have said that the recordings show Planned Parenthood illegally harvesting and selling the organs. But uh, Planned Parenthood said the videos were deceptively edited uh, to support extremists' false claims. As we have said from the beginning... Uh, Planned Parenthood spokesperson said, and as more than a dozen different state investigations have made clear, Planned Parenthood has done nothing wrong. And the only people who broke the law are those behind the fraudulent tapes, says Planned Parenthood. Um, Exactly the same story, exactly the same game plan. They ran against Acorn. It was done again against Planned Parenthood, at least this time, there may be, maybe some accountability for these two who pulled it off. Delayden and Merritt had previously been indicted in Texas on similar charges back in uh, January of last year. Uh, but all of those charges were eventually dropped by July on a technicality after prosecutors said the grand jury in that case had overstepped its authority. What did the grand jury do? The grand jury had originally been convened by Texas uh, prosecutors to investigate Planned Parenthood after those videos had come out. But once the uh, grand jury actually looked at it, they found no wrongdoing by Planned Parenthood and they turned around and indicted Delayden and Merritt instead for violating Texas law. So uh, that was kind of amazing, and yet that was eventually, uh, unfortunately, those charges were were dismissed on that technicality. So maybe we'll have a bit more accountability now out here in California. Wait, it, wait I have a quick yeah. question. So you're basically saying that the people yeah. on this jury, the regular average Americans on this jury, on the grand jury, on the grand jury, yeah heard what the state of Texas was trying to peddle to right. them, and they said, no, uh, not today, honey. And the, then they indicted the, the people who actually did the wrong the act, yeah, they, So see, exactly. people power. There you go, people power. Uh, and so that was, uh, that's, uh, that was in Texas uh, where that was thrown out, but now California, new charges against these folks. It's not only the state, however. There are still apparently some federal prosecutors trying to get accountability as well. Former Texas Tea Party Republican U.S. congressman and uh, once U.S. Senate candidate Steve Stockman 
Uh, he and a former congressional aide were indicted on Tuesday by a federal grand jury on charges that they stole hundreds and thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars from charitable foundations to fund campaigns and to pay for their own personal expenses. Stockman and his former director of special projects, a guy by the name of Jason Posey, were charged with 28 criminal counts, including mail and wire fraud conspiracy, making false statements to the Federal Elections Commission, making excessive campaign contributions and money laundering. And yes, Des, this is Texas again. Imagine that. Well, that's Go what figure. I thought. But I wasn't your people. Ask. You didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm glad accountability is coming to Texas. They we'll see. It. We'll see. Acting U.S. Attorney Abe Martinez in Houston uh, said that the indictment returned by the grand jury today is a significant case alleging serious violations involving use of official positions for personal gain. Violations of the public trust will not be tolerated, Martinez said. Uh, Stockman also faces a charge of filing a false tax return. Posey is also charged with falsifying a sworn statement to obstruct an, an investigation by federal election officials. Stockman was arrested earlier this month on, on a federal complaint as he tried to board a plane for the United Arab Emirates. Don't know what he was doing there. Uh, he says he's innocent and he'll be vindicated. Thomas Dodd, a former special assistant in Stockman's congressional office, pleaded guilty to his involvement in the scheme last week and has apparently become an informant in the case. Federal investigators say that uh, in this indictment, uh, it's amazing, between May, 20, May 2010 and October 2014, Tea Party Republican Congressman Steve Stockman brought in about $1.25 million in donations based on false premises. I'm sorry, false pretenses. He then diverted Nearly $285,000 that was donated to charitable causes to pay instead for his and uh, his assistant Dodd's personal expenses. There's a whole lot of corruption here in this uh, in this in this case, in this indictment. But for now, here's a couple of one amazing point here in looking at the DOJ's announcement on this. Shortly, and this is from the DOJ's announcement, shortly after Stockman took office in the U.S. House of Representatives in 2013, he and Dodd allegedly used the name of a nonprofit entity to solicit and receive a $350,000 charitable donation. Stockman allegedly used this donation for a variety of personal and campaign expenses, including illegal conduit campaign contributions, a covert surveillance project, targeting a perceived political opponent and payments associated with Stockman's U.S. Senate campaign in early 2014. So he was claiming there was, uh, you know, please give money to a charity, and then he was using it to covertly surveil his political opponents, his perceived opponents in any event. In support of Stockman's Senate campaign, the Houston Chronicle notes, uh, Posey uh, who was also indicted, uh, is accused of uh, using a nonprofit entity to secure more than $450,000 donations to fund a massive uh, a mass mail uh, mass mailing uh, to attack Stockman's opponent. Now, you'd think that would be enough that they, you know, raised half a million dollars using a false nonprofit to attack his political opponent. But that's not even the, the, the half of it. About half of the donation was spent on the mail campaign. The bulk of the rest of it allegedly was spent to fund personal expenses of these guys. 
in order to raise funds for the mass mailing of uh, they created these fake newspapers. According to the indictment, uh, Stockman and Posey developed a plan to solicit more than $450,000 purportedly to finance an independent expenditure by Center for the American Future, an organization that was controlled by Posey. In reality, however, Center for the American Future's activities were not independent of Stockman or his campaign. It was one of these phony groups that claims to not be involved in uh, direct expenditures on elections that was actually being run by and large, by the candidate himself. One of these things that were allowed by Citizens United. According to this 46-page indictment uh, released today, Stockman had all of these phony organizations. I mentioned the Center for American Future. My favorite was called Life Without Limits. Uh, That sought donations to help deliver medical supplies to third-world countries. And to support Freedom House, which they claimed would uh, be set up in D.C. to help train young people and for the Congressional Freedom Caucus and Congressional Freedom Foundation field program. Uh, in any event, Stockman, uh, who served twice in the U.S. House, had lost his primary bid to, to try to unseat Republican Senator John Cornyn in Texas. And now he is facing indictment. All right. One more accountability uh, story before we get to our break. And your calls, if you'd like, 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735 on any of this or anything you'd like to talk about, anything that uh, you don't think is getting the coverage that it should get uh, these days. Uh, this from NBC News. Uh, this afternoon, former allies of New Jersey Governor Chris Christie were sentenced to prison terms on Wednesday for engineering lane closures at the George Washington Bridge as alleged retaliation against a Democratic mayor who didn't endorse the governor. Yes, finally, someone is heading to jail in the Bridgegate scandal. Bill Baroni, who served as deputy executive director of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, he will spend two years behind bars. He must do 500 hours of community service. Uh, His conspirator, Bridget Ann Kelly, was sentenced to 18 months in prison and a year of probation. She's the author of the infamous email that said, uh, you'll remember this, time for some traffic problems in Fort Lee. Uh, They were both, uh, Kelly and Baroni, were seeking probation. They didn't get it. They got jail time instead. Baroni corrupted his office to send a petty, vindictive political message, according to Assistant U.S. Attorney uh, Lee Cortez. He called Baroni's behavior, quote, out of the playbook of some dictator in a banana republic. Before imposing the sentence, uh, the judge told Baroni this is a sad day for the state of New Jersey and in particular for you. Uh, Wednesday's courtroom appearances will likely bring an an end to the more than three-year-old scandal known as Bridgegate, uh, which brought down members of Christie's inner circle, damaged his attempt to run for president, Witnesses at a fall trial alleged uh, Chris Christie, the governor, knew about the plan beforehand, but Christie was never charged. He says he he knew nothing about it until after it broke as a news story. Another Christie operative, David Wildstein, has admitted to cooking up the plot. And he testified that Kelly and Baroni helped him carry it out. And he has alleged that he and Baroni spoke to Chris Christie about the closures as they were happening Wildstein uh, cooperated with the feds as part of a plea deal, uh, and uh, Wildstein has not yet been sentenced. But it's still amazing to me that Chris Christie has escaped accountability here entirely. Well, at least other than 
the entire affair tanking his hopes uh, for his presidential run. But today, at least uh, his top staffers were sentenced to prison. The White House announced uh, uh, at the same time, the White House announced the commission to combat drug addiction that will be overseen by guess who? New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. That's right. The commission, uh, the White House commission is said to be focused, at least in part, on the opioid addiction crisis. Though the White House has yet to announce anything regarding funding for the project, you may recall, was it not even a week ago? It was not even a week ago. Advocates uh, for those uh, struggling with drug prevention were alarmed when President Trump supported the Republican health care legislation, which is now dead for the moment, which would have cut off funding for opioid treatment. Um, So uh, Donald Trump uh, talking out of both sides of his mouth? I don't know. Calling on Chris Christie to help him out on the same day that Chris Christie's associates are sentenced to jail? Well, that just makes sense, doesn't it? All right, a quick break, and we'll come back with uh, with more Bradcast, your calls included. Uh, you can also tweet me if you like. I am the Brad Blog. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Don't go away. <laughs> Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Headed for the open door. Tell me what you're waiting for. What you waiting for? Look across the great Give us a call. 818-985-5735. 818-985-5735. If you'd like to get in on uh, today's broadcast over your public airwaves, which... These still are, uh, if only for the moment. We will see. Uh, the uh, the FCC is, uh, well, under uh, Donald Trump, what the uh, Republicans did yesterday in the House to take away Internet privacy. Uh, maybe they'll be uh, taking away even more of your public airwaves soon. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let me go to Bill in uh, in Lake Elsinore. Uh, hey, Bill, welcome to the broadcast, sir. You've you've got a thought on um, Donald Trump's energy independence executive order? Do you? Uh, yeah, um, they're standing up saying coal, coal, coal. There's got to be a sleight of hand trick because coal largely has been phased out in the last ten years. In energy production, it's still used a little bit in steelmaking, but um, there's no shortage of energy production anywhere in the world, and mm-hmm. coal's at the bottom of the list. Whenever they say they've got to um, upgrade a plant, that means they want to change it over to LNG. and um, with Natural gas, up, liquid right, natural gas, up, yeah. Way far more efficient and um, simpler to handle and, and uh, cost-effective. Uh, when they say the cost of upgrading a plant, that's meaning not the cost to do the job it's the cost that they lost out on energy sales yep and the rest of the world knows darn well that petroleum is not a decomposing dinosaur like they try to tell us here the rest of the world's finding this out rapidly 
Um, there's energy is very much in abundance, but I think they're hiding something that's obvious. So we got to read between the lines. Here. What are they? Hi- I, I don't. I don't know that they're hiding. What What do you think they're hiding, Bill? Giving away public land. Uh, well, yeah, there's that. Uh, although. You know, the coal companies apparently don't even want that public land when it comes to coal mining. There's apparently there's a a coal glut. They've got uh, coal companies have leases on public lands that they are not even using at this time. Am I right about that, Des? Yes, yes, you're absolutely absolutely right. You're right, Bill, uh, that there's uh, there right now that whenever the uh, federal government has held a coal leasing auction of, of public lands, that they have not been able to sell them. Sometimes no buyers show up, or they show up for very, very low prices. One buyer will show up, one coal company or another. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely in global decline. It's not just here in the, in the United States. It's also in China and India. You know, they've got their own reasons for wanting to shift away from coal. And I have to say, EPA regulations don't affect China and India. Uh, and and their use of coals. And, right. And, and they're not, right. It's and, Completely and independent. they're moving away from coal. Exactly. Uh, th- yeah, go ahead, Bill. Good economics do. That's why they upgrade from coal. Right. Any other f- source of fuel is far, far more effective and efficient. I appreciate the call, Bill. Uh, thank you. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. You know what? I just wanted to yeah. add one more thing, if yeah. I could, regarding the, uh, the what part of Trump's executive order was to dismantle and rewrite the Clean Power Plan. That was Obama's uh, special new first-ever standards, emission standards for mm-hmm. coal-fired power plants, for existing power plants. That's currently on hold in an appeals court right now. But one of the things that uh, the Senate Democrats, in their response to Trump's executive order yesterday, they had their own press event. And Senator Tom Carper of Delaware, he noted that the clean power plan, if it goes through, was projected to have net benefits of 26 to $45 billion over the next 10 years for Americans. And that, that basically breaks down to individual American households would save $200 a year on their electricity bills because of this shift to cheaper, cleaner natural gas and then on well, to renewable energy Well, now you're, now you're well. bringing in facts and stuff and data, and data and science, things idea. that are real. That's one of the reasons why I want to run that quote from that clip from uh, uh, that was Ryan Zinke, wasn't it? Yes. The new uh, interior secretary talking right. about you can't run on uh, pixie, pixie dust, dust and, and hope. hope. That's exactly what they are running on. Yes. They're running on, uh, you know, th- this false hope, these false facts that they've been listening to and, and telling each other from Fox News for so many years and pretending that it's actually policy, pretending that it's actually reality. And the cruelest part about it is that they have roped in coal country to this. I mean, these coal miners are obviously searching for a lifeline for their declining jobs. And that is something that they can be and assisted they're being with. For, they're being, they're played being played for and this suckers. Is an yep. insult and a cruel, cruel joke to play on coal country. Uh, I had mentioned uh, the uh, the Internet privacy uh, vote that took place yesterday in the U.S. House. House Republicans voted overwhelmingly on Tuesday by a margin of two, uh, 215 to 205 to repeal a set of landmark privacy protections For web users, they used uh, a sweeping rebuke of Internet policies enacted under the Obama administration. And, of course, that's why they did it, because, you know, Obama put these in place. So we got to get rid of them. Oh, that and uh, our big corporate funders wanted us to. This also uh, marks a sharp partisan pivot 
toward letting Internet providers collect and sell their customers' web browsing history, location information, health data, and personal details, according to the Washington Post. That measure was approved by a 50-48 partisan margin in the Senate last week. And uh, it now heads to the White House where uh, Donald Trump is expected to sign it. Uh, Truth Dig notes that the legislation that was passed by the uh, by the U.S. House and Senate now uh, prevents the FCC from putting any similar rules in place in the near future. And that's because it was done under the Congressional Review Act, which allows lawmakers to undo any regulation within 60 days of its finalization um, and then barring agencies from writing a substantially similar uh, rule after the original one has been overturned. That means the FCC could be banned from regulating Internet service provider privacy issues in the future, according to David Siegel, the executive director of Demand Progress, a, uh, a grassroots group, as quoted by Huffington Post. Um, this, is, uh, this is likely to uh, lend momentum, the uh, Washington Post says, to a broader Republican rollback of Obama-era tech policies calls into question the fate of other tech regulations, such as net neutrality. That was approved in 2015 over strident Republican objections and and bans Internet providers from discriminating against websites. And uh, it's a sign that companies such as AT&T, Comcast and Verizon will be treated more permissively at a time when conservatives, as Washington Post calls them, control all three branches of government. Supporters of of Tuesday's repeal vote against the privacy regulations. In other words, this means that anywhere that you browse on your home Wi-Fi, uh, anywhere you go, anything you look up, that can now be sold by your Internet service provider, whether it's Time Warner or Spectrum or uh, whoever you get your uh, charter cable, whoever you get your uh, your your home uh, Wi-Fi from, anything you now do at home can now be sold uh, by the Internet service providers. That was a protection that had been put in place by the FCC previously, and Republicans really, really want to overturn that. And they want to pretend that they are doing it somehow for privacy, to support your privacy. Supporters of Tuesday's repeal uh, voted uh, of the repeal vote argued about uh, argued that the privacy regulations written by the FCC stifle innovation by forcing Internet providers to abide by unreasonably strict guidelines. Uh, Marsha Blackburn, Republican from Tennessee, she's the lead sponsor of the bill. She also co-chairs. Uh, she also chairs the House uh, subcommittee that oversees the FCC. She says consumer privacy will be enhanced by removing the uncertainty and confusion that these rules will create. Uh, it's just privacy advocates call the House vote a tremendous setback for America. The ISPs will be able to sell your personal information to the highest bidder. They won't have any real obligation to keep your personal information secure. Says Gigi Sohn, who uh, previously served as a counselor to former Federal Communications Commission Chair Tom Wheeler. Uh, just incredible. Inca- and and it's, it's been so... Co- and that's why I wanted to... 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-5735. Uh, there's so much news that is going out there that is getting completely lost 
in, in just the madness uh, over Trump, over Russia, you know, important stuff going on, I guess. But uh the, the wall-to-wall coverage versus what is actually going on, what the Republicans are actually doing in Congress, what they're doing around the country. Yeah, Des, you started well, to Well, say I something. had a question because, you know, you and I had been talking about this yesterday. We were talking about, um, you know, to me, it seemed just just horrific that this was something that, that people can't really do anything about. I mean, as I understand uh, from, from a Fortune article that I read on Fortune.com, they say that the FCC rules required that ISPs, Internet service provider, provider, providers, receive customer permission before using or selling their information, and that includes their app usage data as well, and that the same rules also prohibited these companies from adopting policies that leave customers no choice but to consent to sharing their personal information if they want to access the internet. In other words, they couldn't prevent you from accessing the internet if you didn't agree to turn over your personal information for the selling. That has been taken away, obviously, with this uh, repeal of this regulation. Now, you had said something about, well, look, Google does that all the time. Well, G- Google does do that, but you can stop using Google if you want. You exactly. can't stop using your own home uh, Wi-Fi produ- uh, provider. And, uh, you know, in many cases, you can only get broadband uh, high-speed coverage from one or two providers. So uh, let me get to uh, I know I, we've got to get now to a break, uh, but I want to hit this. Uh, we noted earlier this week that uh, Trump had hit his all-time Lowest approval ratings in the Gallup poll this week with just uh, at the time on Monday, 36 percent approval versus 56 percent disapproval. That's a a net negative of 20 points, 20 points underwater, according to the Gallup Daily tracking poll um, as of uh, last night. But uh, today, even worse news for Trump. His ratings continue to fall today. Gallup has his approval dipping to a a new low of 35 percent. His disapproval rating at the same time has risen to 59%. He is now, if my math is correct, 24 points underwater. Nonetheless, as we noted uh, in our conversation uh, earlier this week, we had uh, right-wing, a former right-wing evangelist Frank Schaefer on uh, on the show. Uh, Trump's approval among his uh, his base of white male voters is finally beginning to erode, but he still has big support. From Republicans overall, about 84 percent approval from Republicans overall. So um, America doesn't like him, but Republicans still do. Frank Schaefer um, explained this week uh, in in my interview with him. You can download it at bradblog.com. He was on fire, by the way. You'll want (laughs) to hear what he has to say. But he talked about what it will take to crack the faith of um, of some of Trump's strongest supporters from the uh, perspective, as he is, of uh, one of those former faith-based believers. In short, he said, while uh, facts mean nothing to folks like that, you can't give them actual facts to convince them. However, you can drop a lit match into their metaphorical gas tank of anger by revealing how Trump has lied to them and played them for fools. Here was one example where um, this is uh, clip number two, D'Angelo. Well, you've heard uh, Trump saying this over and over and over again. We believe in two simple rules, buy American and hire American. That's what he says over and over, buy American, hire American. We know that he already doesn't do that with all the products that he manufactures, his ties made in China and everywhere else. 
But uh, his uh, his Trump winery, I've been trying to get to the story for a while. Uh, Trump uh, touts job creation for Americans as a top priority. But his son's Virginia winery is seeking permission to hire foreign workers to cultivate its grapes. Even now. Trump Vineyard Estates, better known as Trump Winery, asked to bring 29 workers this season through the federal H-2A visa program. The program enables agriculture employers uh, who anticipate a shortage of domestic workers to bring foreign workers to the U.S. to do agricultural jobs or perform other temporary or seasonal services. AP reports that Trump winery owned by Eric Trump initially applied for just six foreign workers in December. But two months later, the company applied for 23 more. Uh, They will make $10.72 an hour for vineyard farm workers in Virginia this year. Employers say they've been unable to find American citizens willing to uh, to fill the jobs. Libby Whitley, an attorney who has worked with employers, including Trump Winery, on labor issues, says it's difficult to find people. But news reports that followed the winery's December request for those six workers uh, for visas prompted criticism over the request. Whitley said uh, she assumed her company would be flooded with people applying for the jobs because of the media coverage of the winery's initial request for six workers. She says, guess how many applicants we had? Thirteen. And they were all from places like Philippines, Indonesia, Kenya, Nigeria. We did not have one American, not one American worker applied uh, on that first job order. Several people have sent emails to show they are outra- to say they are outraged that Trump Winery is hiring foreigners. And Whitley says that she qualifies every one of the responses she sends back to say, hey, are you interested in the job? If you are, please get in touch with us immediately. They can't find workers for the job. Buy American, hire American, and let's keep everyone else out of the country. That's the Donald Trump policy as president. As uh, in reality, a very different policy. Uh, but but don't tell anyone. We've got to take a quick break. We're running late. I'm Brad uh, Friedman, and this is the Bradcast. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Given the outcome of the 2016 election, we really need your support now more than ever. Progressive media outlets have been under attack for years, even during supposedly progressive administrations. We are now facing a whole new world and real alternatives to the mainstream corporate media. You know, the folks who got it all wrong from the jump must be able to continue the fight for all of us. This is not a drill. It never was. Please consider a donation to our work here on the Bradcast by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate to help out however you can. A monthly pledge is greatly appreciated, but anything you can share will keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. Okay. (laughs) I know, we're running late. Yes, we are. I'll blame you for all the people we couldn't talk to today on the telephones. Uh, You can tweet me, however, if you like, at the Brad blog. 
Yeah, I know. We got to get to it. Uh, our, are we ready, D'Angelo? Great. Okay. Our latest Green News report. This is about making sure that we have a pro-growth and pro-environment approach to how we do regulation in this country. Elections have consequences. Trump executive order to begin ripping up Obama's climate legacy. So the bottom line, Keystone finished, they're going to start construction when? Um, not so fast. Trump approves Keystone XL pipeline, but Nebraska gets final say. North Dakota pipeline spill three times larger than original estimates. Plus, Maryland state legislature passes permanent ban on fracking. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. The executive order is going to address uh, the past administration's effort to kill jobs across this country. Really? EPA Administrator Pruitt? You think the previous administration was trying to kill jobs. Is that how dumb you think American voters are? Don't answer that question. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, we have been warned that this has been coming for days, for weeks, for months, actually, if anyone was paying attention to the election. (laughs) Yep. Trump's administrator for the Environmental Protection Agency, Scott Pruitt, made the announcement on Sunday on ABC's This Week, saying that President Trump will sign a sweeping executive order to start ripping apart President Obama's landmark climate policies. The president is keeping his promise to the American people this week uh, with respect to the energy independence executive order. Trump's executive order is a fossil fuel industry wish list requiring the EPA to withdraw and rewrite Obama's clean power plan, the first ever emission standards for existing power plants and a crucial tool for meeting our emissions reductions targets. The order also kills a requirement that the federal government calculate the impacts on climate change when weighing new projects. It also stops federal accounting for the social cost of carbon. That's the cost to society and the economy of of increased pollution and carbon emissions that cause dangerous global warming. The social cost of carbon is actual dollars, the actual cost to the American economy for these various policies. Yep. So it's easy to put these projects in place because we won't know how much it will actually cost the U.S. economy. That's right. Pruitt and Trump falsely claim that Obama's climate policies hurt jobs, but that's a myth. According to a new analysis of recent Department of Energy jobs data, renewable energy jobs now outnumber fossil fuel jobs in the United States by more than two to one. Plus, economic data confirms that regulations like clean air standards actually spur manufacturers to innovate, which creates jobs. Some of Obama's climate policies can be undone quickly. Others will take years and lots of litigation. But to be clear, Trump's order will not restore U.S. coal jobs because the rest of the world is moving rapidly away from coal. And it was interesting when Pruitt was on ABC this week, George Stephanopoulos pointed out that the number of coal jobs now is pretty much the same as the number of coal jobs 10 years ago before Obama even took office, once again underscoring the lie of Barack Obama's war on coal. 
Meanwhile, an oil pipeline spill in North Dakota back in December is actually three times larger than originally estimated. Speaking of lies... Officials now say the Bell Force pipeline spilled half a million gallons into a nearby creek, making it the second largest pipeline spill in North Dakota state history. And all of that not far from the controversial Dakota Access pipeline that water protectors have been trying to block now for months. That revised spill estimate in North Dakota came just one day after President Trump granted a cross-border permit for the controversial Keystone XL pipeline from Canada. What could possibly go wrong? That's the one that President Obama originally denied. During an Oval Office photo op, however, the CEO of pipeline owner TransCanada was forced to inform Trump that they still have to get approval from Nebraska while fighting lawsuits from landowners and tribes trying to stop TransCanada from taking their land. So the bottom line, Keystone finished. They're going to start construction when? Well, we got some work to do in Nebraska to get our permits there. So Nebraska. We've been working there for some time, and I, I do believe that uh, we'll get through that process, but uh, obviously have to engage with you know, local landowners, try to travel communities. Trump clearly had no idea that his signature alone was not enough to build this pipeline, that it actually has to go through a process, and the, the people of Nebraska will also have a word or two about this. But some good news. Despite the Trump administration's moves, states are going their own way. The Maryland state legislature on Monday approved a permanent ban on fracking for fossil fuels in the state. Maryland's Republican Governor Larry Hogan is expected to sign the measure because in a press conference last week, he said the risk to Maryland is too great. Our administration has concluded that the possible environmental risks of fracking simply outweigh any potential benefits. Wow, a Republican governor blocking fracking in the state of Maryland? Yep. What got into him? That is an excellent question, but I'll take the good news. I'll take it too. For much more on that good news and the other not-so-good news, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. We will take good news anywhere that we can find it these days. Happy to see Maryland going their own way. Maryland's Republican governor going his own way. I know we also had uh, California is definitely going our own way, too, when it comes to the environment. We will have to. We couldn't get that into our latest Green News report. Maybe we'll get it into an upcoming one. Who knows? There's never enough time for everything that's going on right now in this uh, in this crazy country but my thanks for uh, joining you uh, joining us for an hour while we do our best to cover it my thanks also to our producer Desi Doyen to our board operator today D'Angelo Jones thank you sir greatly appreciated and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us if you missed any portion of today's program you can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. Stop on by and uh, leave us your comments there as well. Drop me an email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. Until we meet again, which is tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.